Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of DevOps Diaries. It is my absolute pleasure to bring you this episode with Gearset's VP of Customer Success, Luke Harris. In this episode, Luke and I dive into what it means to be successful as teams, how working cohesively together through process, strategy, innovation, and technology can bring untold benefits to your team. Luke also discusses the importance of education within a team, how showing vulnerability as a leader can be super impactful, as well as what partnering effectively in the Salesforce ecosystem can mean for all of us. Listen right to the end to hear what Luke's personal definition of success means to him and how we can all be better, more fulfilled and happier in the roles that we play. Enjoy the episode and I will catch you at the end. Hey Luke, welcome to the Devil Stories podcast. Hey Jack, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, it's my absolute pleasure to, to have you on. I'll tell you what, it's been so long since I spoke to a fellow colleague at Gearset on the podcast. So this is a really nice opportunity to, to talk to somebody really familiar for, for yeah. once which I haven't had the opportunity to do. Yeah, you've had some great guests uh, second half of the year. So um, yeah, it's good to, good to be a challenge you today. Yeah, thank you. Um, Luke, for the listeners to the podcast, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your role here is at Gearset? Yeah, sure. So I'm Luke. Um, my role here at Gearset, I'm the VP of Customer Success. So I get the privilege of uh, working with all of our customer teams uh, globally and all of our customers that are using the Gearset platform. A little bit about me. Um, I've spent my career working in technology. I actually started my career as a Salesforce admin um, in a technology company uh, straight out of, out of university. Um, and then have meandered through roles in operations, in sales and commercial roles. Um, and then I've spent the best part of the last decade working in high growth technology businesses, um, partnering with both building the business internally and partnering with customers um, to help them successful using technology. That's amazing. What's it like having that context of being a Salesforce admin back, back, back in the day? I don't want to say back in the day, it makes you sound old. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Like we're, we're creeping towards 20 years of back in the day. So um, I'll, I'll take it. Um, do you know what? I, I, I have this conversation a couple, quite a lot with, with colleagues. I feel like a lot of my career has been leading me to this point in working within the Salesforce ecosystem and, and at Gearset, which is I really tried to hold on to the reality of doing the role every day. I know that, that being an admin has evolved a ton of a lot. The Salesforce platform and an ecosystem has evolved uh, a lot since since I was doing that as my day-to-day -day role. But I really tried to hold on to the, the core kind of uh, tenants of, of what I did then, which was trying to trying to build build technology, build systems, <clears throat> excuse me, that, um, that worked for our business. Um, and I think if we can keep a focus on that, especially working with a powerful solution like Salesforce, um, if we can keep a, a, a focus on that, we're in a really good spot to, to do some really, really clever and innovative things. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So in your role as a VP of customer success, when it comes to Salesforce and managing customers and the interactions that you have, you know, with, with not just your customer success team and the people doing like the work of boots on the ground, so to speak, what's important to you from a technology perspective and how do you make sure that the systems that you're using are serving those customers, serving your, your team correctly so they can serve customers effectively? What's the most important thing to you at your level? Yeah, that's, um, that's a great question. And I suppose a good bit of context for, for everybody um, who's listening is um, the structure of, of customer success that, that we have. So we've, we've broadly split it into three groups. 
We have customer success management who are the strategic partners for all of our customers and are about identifying the objectives that our customers need to deliver and working with them every day to do that. We have our customer support and documentation team who are there as the technical experts to help empower our, our users to be really comfortable and confident with using our platform and unblocking them when they need. And then we have customer enablement, which is about making sure that with education, with strategic guidance, and with a focus on delivering value really fast within our customer organizations, we're working with folks in that way. Now, I think the reason that's important is all of that is underpinned by getting a really deep understanding about what our team needs to be successful every day. Um, and if you deeply understand the roles and the responsibilities, but also the demands that are, are put on people every day um, in when you're, when you're building a technology stack and when you're building a process that, 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 that scales, um, having that understanding is really important to make sure that you're building something that both works, but also is, is sustainable, that people enjoy working within, is clearly communicated to folks. Um, and that's something that we really, really try and focus on. And I think I think about it as understanding the focus areas that that you've that you've got and you need to have, and then setting the right expectations of how we should be meeting those, what help we need to provide, how we need to partner with um, folks in our own organisation and in our customers too. Yeah, and um, tell me about the, a bit more of that expectation setting then. Um, so. Gearset works with a range of customers, everybody from small SMB shops, single admins, um, small teams, right through to some of the biggest enterprise customers in the world or enterprise Salesforce customers in the world. Um, how does the customer success team successfully manage expectations when working with those customers um, from a technology onboarding perspective and getting the most out of uh, technology acquisition? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think like from a technology perspective and a technology acquisition, I think one of the key things to understand is what are you bringing that technology into your business to do? So when I when I think of all of our customers, um, there'll be really clear business cases that have been built as to why technology has been brought into their organization. Um, it might be around efficacy, it might be around efficiency, it might be around bringing in capabilities that don't exist. But once you have that underpinning, um, you're right, you point at something that is a not a unique challenge um, here at Gearset, but is something that we really have lent into, which is, we want to make sure that we're providing uh, a service level, but also a level of knowledge and uh, supplementary support to customers, irrespective of the size of them. Um, so we have a, a, a number of different teams that are set up to work with folks at different stages of both their technology implementation. So we'll have customers who are coming to us, like setting up a new instance or just creating their first production org and wanting to, at the ground floor, really embed some core DevOps principles, right the way through to um, organizations with multiple production orgs in um, uh, numerous global locations with disparate teams spread across different geographical locations who are evolving a process that's existed for five or 10 years and they're iterating as they go. And as you can imagine, what those two teams need are very different. But what we're trying to do every day is build capabilities, whether that be in the content that we can provide, whether it be in the sessions that we run, whether it be in the meetings or the workshops that we can have with customers, to make sure that we're meeting customers where they are at whatever stage that is and making them successful with the technology that they're using. Of course, we're a, we're a passionate product company, um, but also with the processes that are put in place and the way that they partner with their own organization to be successful in the programs of work that they're doing.
Yeah, it's ultimately we do a lot of work with with teams that are looking to serve serve their customers customers better and their internal stakeholders better. So you mentioned you said knowledge a couple of times uh, in in that explanation of uh, setting expectations. What do you find is the best way to support? I mean, I, I, I guess I asked this question not just from we help folks implement our technology to help deliver Salesforce better, but what types of things do you commonly see with Salesforce teams that we work with where they require extended knowledge or resources to help them hit the ground running? And how does that, from customer success perspective and how those Salesforce teams interact with their teams, how, how do they get the most out of like a learning experience and um, making the most yeah. of what they, what they have? It's a great question. It's something I'm passionate about. I'm the, I'm the son of a, of a teacher. Um, so maybe some of this is uh, <laughs> bled, bled, bled into who I am. Um, but but um, there's a direct correlation between the most successful organizations we work with and those that invest in uh, the best education for their teams. Um, it's like this. It's one of the, the universal truths that, that we see. Um, but by education, I don't necessarily always mean formal education. That's incredibly important, and there's absolutely accreditations, there's um, trailhead, um, there's so many different focus areas that you can do within the Salesforce ecosystem to equip yourself with the knowledge around this whatever Salesforce platform, it might be Service Cloud, um, it might be Marketing Cloud, whatever systems you're looking at. Um, but also, in terms of education, there's education in the skills that it takes to build a program of work there's education on how to be project managers there's an education that that can be done about what's the way that an organization wants to work to serve their customers better and i think where i see that working really really successfully is where it is iterative and it's on the job um, i think there's huge value in having some time to focus and only be lasered in on a particular um, module that you're working on and you might want to take some time away from your day-to-day -day in order to be able to equip yourself with a set of new skills typically when it when i see it is where you have new skills that need to be learned you need that bit of isolation to do that but really the most successful um, businesses that we're working with and, and what i've seen over over my career is when organizations invest in iterative education just uh, there's various ways that you could budget that one percent improvement um, every single day has a big compound impact over over the course of a year say um, but where you can invest in that where you can take your time um, to be able to equip yourself with what you need that's hugely impactful um, and yes that's um, there'll be folks listening to this that are working within businesses where they they can create that time um, in the teams that they're working in they can reallocate work in order to create that but I also appreciate that a ton of your listeners um, um, might be in small teams, might be individuals working within much larger organizations where they don't feel they quite yet have the autonomy to do that. And what I would encourage them to do is know that any investment that you make in your knowledge is something that you personally will carry with you. So if you can find the time outside of work, if you can find some capacity to be able to advocate for yourself internally to perhaps um, receive some some budget from the organization to create that education that goes with you you'll 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 create that knowledge in yourself and you're able to take that with you and we all know and with the connectedness of the salesforce ecosystem um 
that you've got really deployable skills that you can use in lots of different lots of different industries. And I suppose the last thing that I'll say is around industry expertise. Um, I think um, it's incredibly important to understand the business that you are working in and not just work in a technology isolation. Um, uh, there's a purist view, which is technology can just be whatever it needs to be. Um, but really, where we see the most successful teams and those that are thriving with delivering for their business and in turn for their customers, it's where you've got a group of subject matter experts from a technology perspective who deeply understand the business. Now, it could be that you work in manufacturing. It could be that you work in healthcare. But understanding the internal workings of your organization outside of technology will help you to prioritize better. It will help you to build the right picture uh, of a program of work that you want to do. It'll help you to ask the right questions when you get requirements that are coming in that perhaps you might not understand. Um, most of those will be embedded in understanding the business that you're operating in, as well as the technology that you've got. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree com completely. That's one of the things that I talk about a lot is how does a Salesforce team make sure that they understand the business and what they're trying to achieve and how do you bridge that gap in understanding what where the business is going, the direction they're taking and how do we implement that with technology? And that might look different depending on what the business objectives are, the size industry uh, are some things that you mentioned there. You talk about self-advocacy from a learning perspective. Obviously, we all know what we don't know internally, but I see quite a lot of folks either don't advocate for the, for themselves enough and fall in fall into that trap of floundering um a little bit or just don't have just don't have the confidence to go out there as a leader in this space how do you how do you identify and identify those learning gaps that might not be being fulfilled right now and how do you make sure that you have a handle on what your team does know and doesn't know and you know, encourage, encourage that. Cause that's something that I think a lot of us, a lot of us in the Salesforce ecosystem, yeah, we'll go away and we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a badge on trailhead or, you know, do a certification and then not utilize those, those skill sets. How as a leader, do you bring the best out in your team rather than yeah. waiting on that self-advocacy piece, which sometimes can be challenging for people to put their hands up for? Yeah, for sure. I, I hear you there. And, and I think, I know this is something that, that you're passionate about when, when you're talking to, to folks out there and standing up on stage or um, I was listening to, to one of your episodes earlier on in the year where you were talking about like the, the power of, of certifications. You've talked a lot about the certifications and I think it's really important to have that fundamental basis. Um, but when we look at our teams, um, one of the things um, that we're really fortunate with it. I guess a decision that we've made is that that everybody has a, a, a predetermined uh, kind of uh, uh, personal learning budget um, every year that they can use in anything that they, they think will benefit the role that they're doing. And folks use it. One of the things I find fascinating is even within the team that we've got that is focused on very similar outcomes, we have a really broad range where some folks are um, developing their um, public speaking skills. Some folks are doing Salesforce certifications. Some folks are looking at industry um, accreditations that we need from a security and a compliance perspective. 
And those things are really important and you get a really good blend across the team when you give people that allocation and you create the space for them to be able to do that so they can, all they need to do is advocate for the thing that they think is interesting, um, not for the budget that, that we need to provide to them. And that uh, we've seen a really high update from that perspective, which I think is is strong and, and for, for uh, a relatively modest investment that organizations can make just creating that framework does give people confidence. And I was speaking at, at an event a few weeks ago um, with lots of technology professionals who were talking about implementation programs and how you could start to build skills there. And that was one of the big themes that actually, if you create that as part of folks' development plans, that they have the ability, a pathway to be able to to, to get signed off on, on doing those things, that's super important. Um, I think the other thing that we do is, is we talk about the knowledge that, that we've acquired. Um, I think a really um, impactful exercise that folks can do um, once they have done that travel module or, or done that certification is find somebody to talk about what they've learned in it. Now, that might be a peer. That might just be a friend that you've got in the ecosystem. It could just be a friend who works in a completely different industry. But what you'll realize in doing that is you'll start to make the connections of how it's going to work in, in your, your everyday like working life. And I think um, we also, there's a couple of frameworks that we create where it gives people an opportunity to talk about something that they've learned uh, to demonstrate that, that capability. And I think that's really strong. Um, I was actually, I was working with a, um, a customer last week who had, who had instigated uh, a training program uh, in their org. Um, so this is a, a, a team of kind of, 70 mixture of dev and and, and, and admin um with some release managers uh in there and one of the things that that they had noticed is that they just weren't being able to find the time to um create space in their weeks to make those um self uh, determining decisions around education so what their leadership had, had come together and, and done was create capacity um that uh, for half a day every week or for two days a month, depending on how you've learned best, um, you were able to step out of the uh, deployment flow, step out of the programs of work that were happening and just focus on something that was educating. And this is a business that's, that's shipping kind of four deployments a week, uh, really high velocity, high pressure in a highly regulated industry. And it made me think that if an organization like that can actively invest in its people and actively find the time to do that, the accretive benefit to both the individuals working in that and the organization that they're working in and the customers that they are supporting is huge over time. Um, I think they worked it out that it will be something like 900 days uh, in this year alone that um, their team would have been able to spend on education, which I think is, is huge. Um, and I know, having spoken to some of the team there, like really, really valued by the by the team, and they feel really, um, uh, really rewarded um, in being able to do that work. Yeah, it's, that's one of those things. <clears throat> when I've spoken to, it's it's about creating a happy team, and a happy team to productive teams if they can be stretched. And having that opportunity to learn new things, I think, is super valuable to us as humans at that level, not just as part of our part of our jobs, you know, that's a really rewarding experience. You know, I think about if you talk about like normal life, you know, learning a new language or, you know, learning to play the guitar or it could be any of those kind of things, but those experiences are so valuable um, when you when you're given the space to do that. 
As always, this episode is brought to you by Gearset, the complete Salesforce DevOps platform for Salesforce professionals, providing them with robust release management, continuous integration, and Salesforce backup and recovery services. You can try Gearset free for 30 days by heading to gearset.com and get started on your journey to pain-free Salesforce releases. Back to the episode. You mentioned, just to come back to what you were saying about understanding what the business needs for you, that again puts quite a lot of like onus on us asking questions and where are we going or what are we doing? What are some of your tips for communication from like an executive level that feed down effectively to make sure that everybody is on the same page and it makes it easier to ask clarifying questions to leadership if that clarity clarity is needed? What's your tips for those people at, at the top to make sure that everybody is on the same page? Yeah, um, I, I struggle to think of myself in those terms, I'll be honest, but I'll, I'll give the benefit of uh, a couple of bits, <laughs> uh, like experience, I, I suppose. Um, so one is, um, as, I've, as I've gone through my career, um, the, the folks that I've admired most and the folks that I've seen be able to um, deliver um, the most amount of positive change are the ones that are consciously curious. Um, so if there's folks who are uh, here leading teams and, and listening along to this, one of the things that I would really, really advocate is making sure that you are really clued up on what folks are doing day to day. And I don't mean in a micromanagement style. Important I mean, asterisk, asterisk that. Yeah, really, fast. really important asterisk. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean like time, time stamping what everybody's doing in their day, but just understanding the reality of the jobs that folks are doing in your teams right so making sure that you you understand like the the workload that you understand do they have the tools that they need to be successful have they got any suggestions of tools that can make the most successful because in my experience if you ask folks what they need they'll very quickly tell you and almost universally the suggestions are better than ones that you can dictate they will be the ones that will make the most material impact. If you think about in your in your own life, um, I'm not very good at being told that I need to do something, but if I'm asked what I need to do, what I need to have to do something better, I can give you a list really, really quickly. And whether I'm being tricked into doing that, um, I'm still empowered to, to do that thing either from a personal perspective. So I think from from that perspective, consciously curious and making sure you understand the reality of what the folks in your team are doing for folks who are working in teams who perhaps think that um management or leadership is is unaccessible not able to break through to their uh, influence their thinking um from from that perspective um i would i would first start to look um to to your peers i would first start to um create an environment where you're really comfortable in a peer group of sharing the things that are challenging, of asking for help, of advocating for each other when you spotted what somebody else is doing that's really, really strong. And I think a benefit of doing that in a, in a trusted group that you have um, is that there's a, there's, a, there's a security in that, there's a, a collective confidence building that comes from being a really open, honest, transparent team and that allows you to, as we go through the week, when naturally energy levels will ebb and flow, when folks will have things going on in their life outside of work or in work, when you know the strengths or the areas that you need to support your colleagues in, 
you're really able to lean into that and um, it might feel alien at first or might feel a little uncomfortable honestly um but if you can break that barrier um and show a little bit of vulnerability or ask for assistance that really helps and i've seen it time and time again that when you start to do that um you'll start to see impact and performance uh, within your own team and that will then enable you to showcase great work that you're doing work with your perhaps direct management to talk about the new the things you've done to uh, improve things one example that i'll give you um i was working with uh, a fairly small team that work in a, in a large uh, technology business um they're a team of uh, just under 10 um and historically they just worked on one release a month um and they always did it after month end and um, because they didn't want to in- interrupt things that were that were in progress and they were had been struggling for months and months and months um to advocate for a more regular progress um a more regular deployment sorry and the progress was stalling because they weren't able to um secure the time with some of the business stakeholders across their organization to um advocate for the changes that they wanted um so they've tried to get meetings um they've tried to make suggestions um and that hadn't been successful so what they actually started doing uh, collectively was um uh, in the thing that they could control is they started to prioritizing the releases that they did they started breaking their releases up to they wanted to move to to weekly releases so they started breaking their releases up to four releases in one day and they started to do them in priority in priorities based upon the um um, system segments that they were working on so they would do one area first thing in the day second third and fourth um and broke it down like that and over the course of three months what they were able to show is that effectively they'd been doing 12 releases and they were split up like this and then they were prioritizing the requests that they had from the business based upon those releases and then what they were able to then advocate to the business was we'd like to move two that are focused on process and policy to the middle of the month because we think then you'll be able to close your month quicker because you'll have the policies and process in place and then what they're doing in quality of life and some regulatory pieces they did after the month close where they were looking at things like forecasting they were using cpq to update some of their pricing um, structures so that was the focus that they had from that perspective so they started with their team and then what they did is they were then able to advocate for themselves based upon some uh, data points that they had. And I think that yeah. really works. So they're the two ends of, the, of what I'm talking about. If you can have leaders who are curious and make sure they understand the reality, you'll make better decisions. And as a team, if you're struggling to perhaps um, be able to make the change or influence the change that you want, look at what you can control and start to build um, a um, a list of things that you want to work through and then start to build the business case for the change that you want. Yeah, no, I think it's such, such solid advice and a great, and, and a great example, uh, there for, from that team of, you know, we want to do something, we want to do something. Here's how we're already doing it. And we have this recommended ch- the, the change that we're going to have to make isn't so drastic because we're already doing it to effect. It's just, you just need to give us, give us the, the leeway to go and go and do that. So that's uh, exactly. really, really empowering. Um, Something that is very important in our space and our ecosystem is partnering with 
vendors, SIs, etc. As as a Salesforce team, what does partnering well look like to you from your side where we sit as a vendor in Gearset, and how do the teams that you've worked with on the Salesforce side, what makes the effective partnership, what makes that partnership effective from their side and what do those teams do well mm. when they're engaging with an ISV or SI? Yeah, great question. I, I could be glib and just say that you just should partner well, like, but, <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, that's, that, that is really at the core of this. So I think like n nobody operates in a vacuum. Um, and I think you can uh, blindly or naively think that you could, um, but I I can't think I can't think of a happy, thriving, successful organisation that I've ever worked with that does that in isolation. There is always external partners that they will work with, whether that be vendor partners, whether that be SI, whether that be consultants, whether that be people working on coming in and working on short-term contracts with them, whether that be partners in peer groups, in local organizations, in, in the Salesforce ecosystem, it might be some of the breakfast meetups or the, the drinks around some of the community events. The partnerships that you're able to develop have a multiplying effect on any decisions that you take. And I think that's the way that I urge folks to think about things, that ultimately the decision-making still remains with you. The direction, the pace, the measurement of those things will always remain in a core um, group within an organization. Um, and you can make progress with no partners. But when you think of what partnering does, it's really a multiplying effect. So it increases velocity if you want to move from point A to point B, because you're able to bring in folks who perhaps have experience of that type of project before. You might be bringing on board totally new technology. You might be expanding um, from from using, using sales cloud to services uh, cloud. And whilst you have some really solid um, foundations um, in one area of a of a of a product and platform, you might need to bring in expertise, consultants, or um, overall strategy guidance in that area. Um, when it comes to technology, um, we all um, use a ton of technology instinctively. We almost don't acknowledge the progress that, that we make every couple of years in the way that we're using things. You and I sitting here using some technology to have this conversation that even five or six years ago um, would not be creating what, what ha happened here. Um, and I think we can extend that into our working life um, where we think have to think really consciously of, do I want to build this? Do I want to invest um, a finite set of resources that I have into solving a problem that a technology um, business spends all day, every week, every month and every year trying to invest? Or can I look at choosing the right partner that supplements the decisions I want to take, the knowledge I have internally, to accelerate some of the focus areas that I'm talking about. And yes, of course, in some areas here, I'm, I'm talking about gear set ourselves, but really this can extend to any technology that, that you're, that you're looking for. And if you, if you think of it in, in this scenario, um, there's very few people 
who are thinking of trying to build digital ways to communicate across an organization yeah. from scratch. People are looking and going, well, look, there's some trusted partners that we can have there. There's some great technology that enables us to do that at scale, that is taking care of security, that is taking care of accessibility, that is taking care of making sure that we're able to do it in a fun way that feel, make, helps us to feel connected. And that's something that most people are really, really comfortable with. Um, um, and uh, I would urge people to, to think about partnering with um, any organization or individual outside of their own business as a way to accelerate the decisions that they want to take. Yeah, I think throughout this conversation, we've talked about the overarching kind of theme is all of this provides like an underlying like system of support, whether that be the education that we spoke, we spoke about education and that supporting what we need. We talked on technology, the different technology stacks that we're, we're using as a system of support and the partner network as a system of support and all of those interplaying with each other in, in a nice, if you get it right in a nice har harmonious, harmonious way. One of the things, um, one of the things we obviously advocate for as a DevOps company is, and you've said it already is iteration and, you know, ref refining what we are doing based on the information provided to us, but what, what else can we do or when we're thinking about doing that, when we're looking at our support systems that support us, how do we, how do we make, make the most of that and make sure that we have the underlying infrastructure to support those kind of changes and partnering well and education and, um, expectation setting? Yeah, it's a, such, such a good question and a, and a deep one, really. Um, I think it's about consciously like building systems that support you. And I, and I want to kind of define what I mean by systems. Um, I'm not just talking about technology here. I'm not just talking about formal processes. I'm talking that both on an individual and an organizational level, you want to make sure that you have got systems in place that support the work that you need to do. So on a personal level, talking for myself, like I know um, there is a family system that I need to be really healthy um, that supports me in being able to go out and, and do my best work. I know that there's a friendship system that is really important. And whilst it sounds really formal to, and let's be clear, I don't talk to my daughter about a family system. Um, we, <laughs> we have fun and we play. Right? But I, I, I think of it in, in these terms. Um, and there's systems that are in place that um, I need to to show up and bring my best self to work as, as much as possible. And I don't always get that right. Um, and so I'm reflecting on the, the, the juggle of um, having two working parents and a young daughter. And so we have to work out how that all, all knits together. Um, there's systems that you can build at work. There's relationships and colleagues with, that you need to build with your peers that are foundational. Like I have some really strong relationships that I use to reflect and review the work that I'm doing, not as a way to check that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but with a group of people that I really trust to rubber duck some of the ideas that I've got to build that system to support. And I then think of putting in place processes for, for teams. Think of the systems that you've got. Now that might be weekly code reviews. That might be a, a monthly retro on what went well and what didn't. Um, those organizational processes um, that you set up as systems to underpin the work that you're doing are really important. And like all of this, 
all of this in in my mind comes before you're thinking of the technology that you're going to use like most of the the um the happiness and the um, accountability and the value that that we can feel in an organization um is supplemented by that technology um but you have to underpin um the processes that go with that and then from a systems perspective it's about being super clear on what can be achieved in the time that you've got um yeah i will it will be a surprise to nobody that pretty much in every organization um uh, there is a desire to move faster than is probably humanly possible mm. um and so we all recognize that when we're talking to each other and yet sometimes in the middle of the week we can forget that we need to say sometimes we're not able to deliver that right now we're not able to to do that in this time scale but we can do it in this time scale and i think articulating what that looks like and then when you have systems yes i am talking about having really clear pipelines of work that you're going to be uh, delivering having really clear qa having really clear uat um processes and systems in place to to make sure that you're successful in what you're doing but also uh, going into the other end of the of the process um so many folks here will be um admins or devs who will get uh, business requirements um fired towards them now you would hope that they're always done in a timely manner with lots and lots of context and lots and lots of detail behind them but we also know the reality that that doesn't always take place and so it's about trying to help build those systems to make sure that um the requests for work and the guidance that can be given to an organization as to why um uh, proposing a business change in a certain way makes um the outcome more likely to be successful is is super important but i think ultimately when we talk about these business systems um it's funny how conversations like this end up going because you end up having all the points we talked about today link so uh, are so interconnected to each other um yeah, sure. you can't really like separate one one from the other um and you can't build a good system if you haven't partnered well. You you can't build a good system if you haven't understood the business needs that you've got. You can't build a good system if you haven't got the knowledge through the education that you need to do to to get stuff. And and you can't build a good system if you haven't understood your focus or or set the right expectations. So it's funny how those things all all end up linking together. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think what this conversation has done it highlights, and I think this is something that isn't isn't really addressed enough or like actually said said out loud because of its perceived negativity is you mentioned there we're not going to be able to deliver on this time frame but we can do it in this thing and that but bit is so important like we can't that you know that the optics of saying we can't can't deliver something in this time frame or instantly go negative connotation like straight in your head however we can do it this and i think everything that we do on a team level or that interplaying and partner well it all comes down to that communication it's not that we we aren't going to do it it's just based on everything and all the information presented to us like we've got to make a decision how do we do that and it's and it's addressing as it's addressing those it's not it's addressing the we haven't been able to do this but this is what we're doing to still execute towards those plans and those things and i i, I really believe that there's there's a lot of fear still in business of addressing that they want to skirt mm-hmm. around. And I think that's where a lot of burnout comes in as well, because you go, we've got all these requirements and we're trying to do more than is humanly possible, like you just mentioned, in unrealistic timeframes or expectations and putting that pressure on herself. And that's what's so interesting about you mentioning the systems of family support and friend support, you know, all of those things. If we have all of those things supporting us, then we're more likely to be able to do a better job. But 
need to reflect some at some point and go, I can't do that for this reason and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think that's such a good point. I think it is that that communication is important. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not a psychologist um, and, and someone, there'll, there'll be peer-reviewed studies that I'm sure can talk to this. But I think there's something in um, in in so many folks in organizations that, that can see it objectively in other areas. Like the, the phrase of Rome wasn't built in a day gets, gets thrown around a lot. And everyone understands that and understands how ridiculous it would be to think I can build a whole city in a day. Um, and yet sometimes um, we are fearful of, of uh, managing expectations internally and um, I think if we can we can only find the right balance in in our lives to be able to say um, I can deliver that I can deliver this and I can do them both in this time scale um, that's the the certainty and the commitment that folks are looking for um, I'm sure of that yeah. Uh, Luke, one last question for you. As, as a VP of customer success and success in the title, what is your, what is your short definition of success? <laughs> uh, how long have you, how long have you got? So, um, I, so I'll, I'll give, I'll give two. Um, and I, I wish I had one that knit the personal and the professional together. Right. And I, but I don't, um, maybe over time I'll, I'll get to it. Um, from a, um, from a professional perspective, um, and this does sound like I've swallowed an MBA, but for me, it's about um, desired outcome and desired experience. Those two things multiplied together with the team that you're working with will deliver success. And I think if you're clear on what the outcomes need to be and clear on the experience of how to get there, um, those two things together, um, you'll go on to be successful. Um, from a personal perspective, um, my definition of success is um, to be able to make like incremental improvements every single day that get you closer to spending more of your time doing what you love and if you get to do that like i'll be a, a very very successful person perfect luke thank you so much for sharing your insights and expertise with all the listeners uh, on devops diaries um really enjoyed speaking to you it's like it's like i said at the start of this conversation it's so nice to speak to one of my colleagues that i don't get this don't get so so much uh, so much face time with um but to be able to extract all of that experience and knowledge from you for the listeners today it's been, been really um really pleasurable so i really appreciate it no my, my pleasure jack it's been great to great to chat to you and um, hopefully i'll see you in person soon yeah i hope so too um listeners thank you for listening to another episode of the devops diaries podcast if you can do me the hugest favor of liking or subscribing on whatever platform you happen to be listening on that really helps us out here at gearset and helps uh to enable us to bring you more amazing conversations like this um see you all in another episode soon and luke thank you once again cheers thanks Chuck.